welcome to episode 39 of The Playground Project with me, your host, Tanya Pomerantz. I'm so happy you're here, hanging out with my fabulous mystery guest and me. Before we jump into the career chat, I wanted to invite you to check out my book, Sex, Self-Esteem, and Sheer Stupidity, Surviving Your Twenties and Beyond. You can find it on Amazon or my website, puddlejumpcoaching.com. And today's the official opening of The Dog House, a new segment of the Playground Project that highlights a rescue organization and showcases an adoptable canine companion. Ottawa Dog Rescue is celebrating their 10th birthday in 2023, and today's adoptable dog is Lizzie. She's a sweet pocket one-year-old American bully. She's been working hard, learning manners, shaping behaviors, walking on leash, and most of all, working with adult dogs. She's a complete spitfire who loves to run, play, and explore on her own. She is good off-leash in the yard until she is distracted by the other dogs. Then she loves to play. Lizzie is crate-trained and house-trained. She is good with other dogs. She is still very much a puppy and loves to snuggle. Please welcome a fellow dog lover, my wonderful mystery guest, Victoria Zamchevska. Welcome, Victoria Zamchevska. It's so wonderful to have you on the playground with, with me, with us today. And everybody knows, if you listen to the podcast, you know that it starts by giving context to, to people and just why I know someone. And I know Victoria through Victoria's sister, Irina, uh, who I used to work with at OCSO. And Victoria is an architectural designer. She's a very cool person. She's very smart. She's compassionate and lovely. And I'm simply delighted to welcome her onto the playground with us today. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you, Tonya. It's nice to be here. So as a career development professional, I always want to go back, kind of take a look at high school. So um, where did you grow up and, and what was high school like for you? I grew up in Ukraine and my high school experience, I can't say there was something very memorable there. In Ukraine, it was more like about just studying and nothing, nothing much more. So yeah, that's pretty much what I was focusing on, just studying. Yeah, not much else to tell. <laughs> Just focused on studying. Okay. Yeah. And just just getting through. <laughs> oh, I understand. I get that. And when, as you were focused on studying and getting through, did you know what you wanted to do after school? To be honest, no, I didn't know. I, I didn't have a clear idea what I wanted to do after school. And that's when, so I have an older sister, as you mentioned, and she's uh, she's a year and a half older than me. So we were a grade apart. And conveniently, she kind of was a trailblazer. So mm -hmm. she was the one to figure things out. And I kind of just followed in her footsteps. And uh, so she was the one to find this university in capital of Ukraine, which was teaching in English. And that seemed like a 
you know, something I would do as well. So I know when she was applying, she like applied to multiple places. I just applied to one and luckily I was, <laughs> I was accepted. But yeah, I spent like last year of school, uh, high school, focusing on, on learning English because it's not something I was good at at the moment. So that was my focus. And it was, uh, the school was mainly um, business related. So management, uh, marketing, I think there was another major country call right now. So I just kind of followed after her. And then a year later, uh, she moved abroad. And that seemed like a cool thing to do as well. So <laughs> I went ahead and I did that. And yeah, that's when I actually changed my major. I changed to architecture. And I can't even say for certain why I did that. I remember being interested in it but at the same time in ukraine it's a very competitive field and you have to be mm -hmm. very good at um drawing sound like you have to be almost like an artist which you know it's not really relevant anymore but i guess they somehow correlate those two with like being good at drawing with being a good architect and i can't say i really was good at drawing even though maybe if i learned it maybe i would be but at the same time we have this idea in Ukraine that you are either good at it or you're not good at it. It's not something we think you can learn. So I guess I wasn't showing any particular talent early on. So now like never really tried to learn it. But then when I tried, I was actually half decent. So that well, apparently <laughs> you, you're making a living. So when you said that you moved abroad, where did you go? I moved to Cyprus, so it's an island in Mediterranean Sea um, between Turkey and Africa, I guess, so between Europe and uh, Africa. And that's that's where I did my bachelor degree, and that's where I spent four years. And that was a really nice experience. I would imagine. It sounds beautiful. And then so after you finished your bachelor's, how did your journey go? So again, I think at that point, I was still following everybody else. So it wasn't just my sister. Now there were other people who were also like all studying in Cyprus, but they were all from different places. So some from Ukraine, some from Iran, and we were all looking for where to go next. Cyprus didn't, wasn't a good final destination. It was good for a time being, but it wasn't a good place to stay. So everybody was looking, okay, where next? And Canada seemed like a place to go. So we all were looking for a university to go to Canada. And again, my sister went in first. She went a year earlier. We all stayed behind and then we joined like the next year. So it was like five or six people in total who we all moved from Cyprus to Canada in different cities in Canada, different universities, different specialities. But yeah, we kind of all moved. And yeah, that's how I ended up in Saskatoon out of all places. And uh, that's where I did my master's degree. It wasn't in architecture. It was um, master's of environment and sustainability, which was interdisciplinary. So you could get accepted there from different disciplines and then just focus on your area of research. So that's how I ended up in Canada. Hmm. And so, but you're in Ottawa now. Yeah, um, that was another move. Uh, so like stayed in Saskatoon for six years, uh, finished my degree there. But at the same time, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily a place that I would like to stay for good. Two of the friends that we moved together to Canada, they ended up in Ottawa. So I came to visit and Ottawa seemed like a lovely place. It was a lot of parks, not too big, not too small, beautiful nature. And yeah, so 
me and my sister again we picked up and we moved to Ottawa seven years ago. Seven years ago already. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So there's been a lot of pivoting in <laughs> in your life, especially geographically. But I believe there's some professional pivoting going on too, is there not? Yeah. So I started since I moved to Canada and um, while I was still studying, uh, that's when I started to practice architecture. And I worked in an architecture firm for like a couple of years when I was in Saskatoon. And then when I moved here to Ottawa, I started my own business, which is architectural design. And I do like residential and uh, mainly residential design. But then couple of years ago, I started to study hypnotherapy. And that's something that really got me interested. And that's something I really like to do. So I have been trying to switch to that field uh, for some time, not that long, but for the last half a year, I've been working hard into trying to switch to hypnotherapy and make that my main business. Yeah, I mean, I hope that goes well. I still do both. I still do architectural design and hypnotherapy, but with time, I hope that I can switch to hypnotherapy. Hmm. Okay. So again, as a career development professional, I'm quite fascinated. Those are very divergent, right? Like Mm -hmm. architect is very realistic and hypnotherapy is more very social in that way of it's helping people, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, my experience with architecture, just running my own business, it's helping right now as well with this business Mm -hmm. because now that I work on my for myself like on my own and I don't have a boss or anybody else to deal with clients I deal with clients all the time so that's a big part of my business as well it's not just it's not just sitting and and working on the drawings and and a big part is understanding what people want so it and it's helping them to understand what will work for them so there is that aspect of kind of connecting with people and almost like sinking in with their vision, their idea. And that's something I've noticed I've been good at to to kind of have put their vision into into reality. And in hypnotherapy, yes, it's it's less tangible for sure. It's, you know, it's all in <laughs> in the subconscious mind, but at the same time that's a big part of it, connecting with the people making them feel comfortable with you, understanding what they want to achieve as well and helping them achieve that. So yes, it's less tangible, but in the end of the day, it has commonalities there. And so how did you find yourself getting into the world of hypnotherapy? I've always been interested in psychology and I've always been interested. It's something like a lifelong passion of mine to kind of understand myself, understand how to improve certain things, how to fix certain certain things. I think everybody has uh, something they're struggling with. Everybody has something they want to improve in themselves or in their lives. And, you know, we all maybe try to do that as well and figured out that it's not that easy to change who we are, to Mm -hmm. change our habits. I know it's something that, you know, sometimes, well, oftentimes I would find that it's not really easy to change who I was, how I reacted, how I wanted to do things differently. Mm -hmm. So I was curious about psychology and it gave, it gave some answers, but at the same time, it didn't provide a lot of practical tools just beyond of like, yeah, just kind of fake it until you make it kind of mm-hmm. thing. So hypnotherapy, what I really liked about that, that it said, 
okay, you can access your subconscious mind and that's where all those programming is. And it's almost like you can change that code. You can update, upgrade those settings. Uh, you can figure out what is not working. I don't know, there is a virus or something happening there and change that. And and that for me was like, wow, like really, I can, I can really just go in into my like subconscious mind, my memories and understand I'm doing this today because something happened to me when I was five years old and, you know, I got scared or somebody told me like not to do that. And for for the rest of my life, I would be not allowing myself to to do something just because that memory is still there and like we just don't know about it. Um, sometimes we don't even remember. So that I guess what was fascinating with uh, hypnotherapy for me, and and also like guiding people into figuring out what's stopping them in life and what can be shifted so they have the things that they want. Hmm. Yeah, and you know I can totally understand this this lifelong interest in in some in psych and and all of that. What are the steps? Like I'm just thinking about somebody, you know, somebody googling how do I become a, th- a hypnotherapist, and then you know, okay, these are the steps. What are the steps that you've taken to become a hypnotherapist? So I started during pandemic, and so I googled schools, <laughs> you know, like everybody else, you Google things. Um, so I've found a school in BC and they offered their program online and they offered a specific type of hypnosis, which uh, it was interesting, but I felt like that was lacking in some ways as well, because it, it didn't allow to go very like precise and deep. So then a year later, I guess, or maybe half a year later, I found another uh, year long program. And this time, so it's a, it's a, I think the biggest uh, hypnotherapy association in Canada and they offer this courses. So uh, one of them is in Montreal. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I had to, so again, it was, uh, it was a mix online and person. So I, I think, I don't remember already, I think monthly uh, Zoom meetings, but then I had to also go to Montreal and uh, do in-person training there and then I also had to do a lot of practice hours so I went mm-hmm. you know online I was like I was recruiting people to practice on uh, learn different techniques and then a year later I got my certification so then I could practice it uh, full-time already hmm. okay now I'm wondering what kind of people, what were their backgrounds, like your fellow students? Mm. So the one in VC, uh, so they have a program for counselors. So there were a lot of, I think, people with counseling background who just wanted to add mm. hypnotherapy to their practice, but not necessarily make it the main focus. The second um, program, there were a variety, like there was one counselor as well. There was somebody who was uh, actually educating medical professionals. There was somebody who studied naturopathy and that's something they Mm -hmm. wanted to add to it. So it's a variety. And I mean, I came with a very random background for sure, (laughs) but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what makes people (laughs) start like, you know, studying it. Like for me, it was something I wanted to do, I guess, for a while, but at the same time, I never could find the right match. And if hypnotherapy seemed like fit really well and that's why it happened but I don't know for other people what it was and of course I'm dying to know have you been hypnotized yourself yeah oh for sure like I think you'll be hypocrites if you like if you do that to people and you don't but everybody's experienced it differently and I think that's one of the things that I want to 
try to change. I mean, a lot of it comes from how media portrays it and Hollywood portrays it, um, that you're just totally under control of the person and you just do what they tell. And Mm -hmm. that's in a way that's very damaging because it scares a lot of people off. Um, And, you know, I've had so many instances where, you know, the minute they learn hypnotherapy, they're like, oh no, but hypnotherapy, it's, it's more like trans, but it's, you can always get out of it unless you maybe really want to be under but it's not like media portrays it like I mean yes some people go deeper some people go less deep and it's more like guided meditation if anybody ever experienced guided meditation Mm -hmm. you're still present here and then your mind is almost like daydreaming it's that state between being awake and asleep sometimes when we start seeing dreams but we are still easily awakened right like we are kind of still present but we start seeing dreams so that's what it is so it's not total full control of that person yeah so it's not as scary as uh, people some people think <laughs> and so it's it's not like you know okay now you're gonna wake up and and cluck like a like a chicken you know no no and that oh my gosh that's like (laughs) the most common thing people think i know (laughs) no i mean and i don't know i would never and that's the difference between stage hypnosis and hypnotherapy like it's not like that is performance it's a it's a show and whoever does end up on stage you know they select those people they usually run tests like run certain exercises and they watch people who is more susceptible who is more willing to please the crowd and perform and then they choose those people like you can always resist if you don't want to be hypnotized but some people are willing and those are then easy subjects and if they convince themselves that they can be hypnotized or they then it makes things easier as well but yeah those are just shows and hypnotherapy is very different it's not the goal to make you do something it's the goal for you to go inside and find the answers that you need you know that's the goal of hypnotherapy is it something that you can do online or is it something that needs to be done in person? Oh, yeah. No, you can totally do it online. And in a way, maybe it's uh, for some people, it's better because they feel safe at home. That's their environment. They don't fear to be unconscious in the presence of somebody or like, you know, in some sort of trance uh, in the presence of somebody else. So I've been doing a lot of sessions online and, you know, it works well. There are, of course, some difficulties. Sometimes you don't hear people well online or mm. other things, but but at the same time, there are advantages as well. Okay. And is it like, you know, the idea of you going to a, a psychiatrist, right? And there's the, the psychiatrist couch where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm picturing like Freud and stuff. Is it like that? Do Or do people sit in a chair? How does that mm, go? Yeah. You can, I mean, usually if it's done online, usually people sit and they're still able to go into trance. Like in my office, I have a recliner and that's mostly for like longer sessions where a person, you want person to go deeper. So you want them to be comfortable. And funny story, actually, Freud, uh, you know, they, it's very common knowledge. When he was studying to be, or when he got popular, he uh, hypnotherapy was actually popular as well, but they say he wasn't really good at it. So he tried it and he wasn't, he didn't manage to work for it to work for him. So he developed his own method and it picked up more and 
I guess, I don't know whether he was expressing his dissatisfaction with hypnotherapy or not, but maybe that played into that. So yeah, after that, hypnotherapy became less common, less popular, and his methods became kind of the basis of everything that we do right now, I guess. Okay, okay. So if somebody was curious about hypnotherapy, if they wanted to connect with you, do you do like a discovery session where you talk to somebody and you like they can get a feel for you and vice versa? Yeah, for sure. So I have an option to book a discovery call on my website. So it's innerrealmhypnotherapy.com. So I have a few options there for different type of services, but you don't need to know which type you want. That's something we can figure out during discovery call. And yeah. then, yeah, the sessions can be done either online or I do have an office in Almond. Aha, I was going to ask you about that because you mentioned this office. Yeah. Okay, so in Almond. That's yeah, a nice it's, in a, spot. it's a nice spot and it's a historic building. It's an old post office. So it's really, it's really cozy space. And how long have you had that open? Uh, since mid-May. So, you know, I'm quite, I'm really fascinated by this whole pivot, by this whole leap. It sounds like the goal for you would be to offer hypnotherapy as uh, a full-time source of employment and focus much less on the architectural designing. Yes, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, I've I've been doing architectural design for a long time. It's been more than ten years, but uh, yeah, it has its challenges and it's it's a stressful field. So at the same time, like yes, I'm helping people, but I feel like I can do something more, something different. So for me, seeing how people can transform just in one session is something magical, and I mm. that makes me happy. And I think I, you know, I think I'm good at it. So, and I think I can really help people and I would really like to continue with that. And so I have a few projects kind of that I've started off since since I started hypnotherapy. So one of them is more like focusing on a specific field. So I don't know whether you're familiar, there's a field, uh, there's something called limerence. Have you ever heard of that? No, apparently I have not. What is No, that? many people haven't, but it's, um, it's a term that's been around since late 70s, but it hasn't been very popular until maybe last couple of years. And since then it's gaining popularity and you can find about it online and YouTube videos. So it's something like uh, quite an obsessive behavior when it comes to uh, another person. So if you think about an addiction, um, so we often think about addiction to substances or gaming, but this is like to another person. And this is can be confusing because this one we think love is. So when if you think about that really toxic, can't live without another person type of love. And, you know, mm -hmm. where people like Romeo and Juliet kind of style, where like, you know, you'll do crazy, crazy stuff, but it doesn't have to be romantic actually. And that's where people confuse it with love. It's, it doesn't have to be romantic. It can be very much about like mother figure or father figure, but it's very, it's very addictive. It's very obsessive type of behavior. So it's something that got me interested. I have some personal experience with that in romantic relationships uh, to degree. And when I learned about that uh, and started to look into that, I realized that there aren't many people who provide any solutions. Not many therapists even know about that. Mm -hmm. So when people experiencing that, and, I, and I've had that as well, you go to a therapist and they kind of, you know, look at you like, 
something is really wrong with you and they try to put their own you know names on it and that makes you even feeling worse so i joined some facebook support groups and um really seeing people struggling with it um like it can last for years and decades and can really have a huge impact on like ruin marriages and put people like really hurt their health and mental and physical so then i started to see like i decided okay i'll look into how hypnotherapy and the tools that hypnotherapy provides can help with that so i've worked with some people and you know in two sessions i could just really allow people to have control over that like it's something that becomes more less of obsession and something they can control you know so i put together a program and my website is called uh yeah freefromlimmers.com with www at the front <laughs> and uh yeah so i offer that as a program and that's probably what i'm going to be focusing on um for for now so so i'm actually on all types of social media and Facebooks and uh, Facebook groups and everything. And I also want to kind of popularize hypnotherapy and I want it to be more normal and I want Mm. for people to actually know about it, about how it can help and really start like uh, using that to to help themselves to heal things. It's really effective in so many ways. So I also want to approach, use social media for that. And I've started to approach uh, People on TikTok who, you know, something mm-hmm. who, who mentioned mental health as part of what they talk about and see whether they would be interested to try hypnotherapy and share their experience. So hopefully the more people do that, the more people will know about it and be willing to experience it and and know as an effective we- method of, you know, healing themselves in a way. Yeah. So there are a few things and we'll see what picks up, but yeah, I'm hopeful. It's very creative. I, I really like that idea of, of the TikTok people. <laughs> um, because that's a, a great way to get things viral and start normalizing hypnotherapy as a potential solution to these things. And I'm also interested because, you know, you mentioned that the counselors are taking the, the program as an added value to, to what they already offer. Uh, when it comes to counseling, typically they say that it'll take about three months for you to make a change in your life, which could involve quite a few sessions. And you've mentioned that even in seeing the change that can happen after one session is really um, gratifying. What do you think is the typical amount of time that people spend? It really depends on the issue. It really depends if it's a habit or something like that, like or or like with limerence, it's it's happened of an addiction. But usually, two sessions is enough for that. Uh, if people really want to go into addressing all sorts of childhood wounds and really kind of transform their life in a way, then yeah, you could be looking into maybe ten sessions. For me. Ideally, you will see results with every session. It's not something that we're just going to sit and talk and not have any relief from what you're feeling. So every time it's going deeper, it's resolving certain wounds, issues, and ultimately feeling better and better after each session. So it's with hypnotherapy, you kind of see results fairly quickly. And if we were to go back to, to a younger Victoria... What advice would you give to her when it comes to, you know, not just career planning, but life? Mm-hmm. I would say that it took a while for her to figure out who she is and what she wants to be. But yeah, it's a long road and it's not easy, but she will get there and she'll 
She'll get to the person that she she wants to be. You know, the next question、mm-hmm. is: Are you that person that you want to be? I think I'm getting there. Yeah. You knew I was going to ask that question. <laughs> Come on. No, no I that actually was... didn't. <laughs> that because I mean that's really good advice to say to a younger person. It's going to take a long time. It doesn't happen overnight, but you will get there. Mm-hmm. And I'm just seeing this quote that I have on my desk. It says, "Never give up. There is no such thing as an ending; just a new beginning." Yeah, that's a good one. That was anonymous. I have no idea how it got onto my desk at work, but I I liked it. And so you know that I love quotes. <laughs> Do you have a favorite quote or motivational words that you live by? I can't say I have one that I live by, but I think the one that I You know, remind or kind of recall more often than others is what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I mean, I'm trying not to kind of believe that every kind of difficulty in life is needed, but at the same time, I do notice that the more things we go through, the stronger we are.、Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I know that one. My mother has taught that you know <laughs> years ago. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and especially. I mean, let's face it. In in the world that we're living in right now, we're going through some things, and I I hope that we all, as a global village, just become stronger and as people and more secure and and more stable. It feels like what you bring to people actually does result in that. It, it results in a sense of security and stability because now people are. Tackling the things that, like you said in the beginning, that that may have been going on for quite a while in their lives, and now with the assistance, with the intervention of hypnotherapy, positive changes are being made.、And、that's my goal. I hope people will know that things can improve. Like they don't have to just keep on suffering or looking f- or escaping from their issues. No, you can go. You can. Spend an hour, maybe yes, recalling some painful stuff, but then you feel better and you can move on and live your life and not have to deal with it again. So yeah, I really hope people know about that. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Victoria, for really introducing me to a world that clearly I thought was the stage hypnotherapy, hypnosis, and and clucking like a, a chicken. And thank you for clearing that up. That that is in fact just a show. And there's so much more valuable parts of it that that really help. And I'm I'm going to put this on the show notes that this is what you know we're doing. I'll have links to things, and I think it's it's a really fantastic idea to normalize it as a potential solution to. Again, the mental health stuff that that's yeah that's so important. So thank you for giving me a chance to talk about that, and hopefully more people will get to know about it, and yeah, we'll find solutions for themselves. Well, I love it. You, Sean, <laughs> when you were when you were speaking, you could tell that this is something that you have a passion for, and I I, I think it's very cool. So thank, thank you. you so much, my dear. Thank you, and I really appreciate you taking the time and joining me on the playground today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Victoria, for sharing your fascinating pivot from architectural design to hypnotherapy with me, with us today on the playground. Victoria brings that same dedication, knowledge, and commitment 
to both her architectural design business and now to her hypnotherapy training and practice. From Ukraine, with stops in Cyprus and Saskatchewan along the way, Victoria is now happy to be living in Ottawa with such natural beauty around her. I appreciate learning about hypnotherapy as a solution for unlocking potential for self-discovery and understanding the difference between stage hypnosis, where you see someone clucking like a chicken, and what it really is, an important opportunity to access the subconscious mind, where traumas and issues can lie dormant. Victoria's quote, What does not kill you makes you stronger, is all about resilience and reinvention. Powerful words that can offer strength and courage during the most difficult of times, including during our pivots. Big thanks to Victoria, and please stay tuned for next week's fabulous mystery guest for another inspiring and insightful career chat. Remember to follow me on Instagram at PuddleJumpCoaching001 and check out Ottawa Dog Rescue to learn more about Lizzie and other beautiful adoptable souls. Happy birthday, Ottawa Dog Rescue. Until next week, find joy in your moments and be good to yourself, to each other, to the animals, and the world. See you again next week when we will jump into the future together. Mm-hmm.